0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Freedom Flipping podcast we're all about building up and selling online businesses to achieve financial freedom. This is episode 9 and on today's show I've got a great guest, Jeff Hunt from website-investors.com. Jeff is a prolific website buyer. He's purchased over 300 sites and he's got some really great advice to people who are considering purchasing rather than building up. And the URL is at richardpater.com forward slash website investors. I'm going to hit play and then I'm going to catch you at the end. Cheers. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Doing well, Richard. How about yourself? Yeah, I've been taking a good look at what you're up to, and uh, we connected through the, the Rhodium community on Facebook. And uh, you seem to have been a prolific investor in websites for quite some time. So it be good to kind of have a chat about how you got started in that.
1: Yeah, actually, I have, and uh, it's I, I've enjoyed it. I got started because... I wanted to start making some money online, like most people, and uh, I looked at building some things myself. And uh, and actually, I, I listened to an internet marketer. He had this five hundred dollar course on how to get started with Google News sites, and teaching you everything about building the site and getting it accepted by Google. And so I scratched my head, thinking, "Man, I could invest this five hundred bucks." in a course or, uh, it it occurred to me, well, maybe there's already a Google news site that's already out (laughs) there and working. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, well, man, that, that would actually like be a lower risk. And, um, and sure enough, I, I just started looking and I found one on Flippa for, I think $3,000. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a good buy and uh, you know, I, I think what really helped me was actually the connection. It's like anything in, in business, right? It's kind of the people that really make things successful. And uh, the guy who was selling it just really knew his stuff. So I bought the site and he taught me the process for hiring writers and, Publishing news and what stories to go after and stuff like that. Wow. And, uh, exactly.
0: It, I, I've often thought that because I'm on this the uh, the supply side, the sell side, and I just think the, the the value that you can get from from purchasing an asset from someone that knows what they're doing is, um, it's kind of worth uh, paying the purchase price just just for that, <laughs> and you also get the asset as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And in fact, I teach a lot of my clients now. I coach people in this process and. Uh, one thing I teach them is that really what you're buying from the seller most often is a process. It's it's some way to acquire either visitors to your site or customers uh, in a way and, and then make a profit from them. And so, like, when you look, when you're analyzing sites to buy, what you're really looking for is, has this guy figured out a repeatable process? And then you start asking yourself questions like, well... Can I do what he's doing and then can I do, do it twice as much or can I do it, you know, in a more automated way or cheaper and grow the business that way?
0: What was your motivation for, for looking into this, for getting into the online space? It was uh, to as kind of uh, an interest in terms of how people were making money or did you want to uh, add it to, uh, you know, create an additional income source for you going forward? What was the, the kind of first motivation for, for getting involved?
1: Um, I, you know, I had, um, I'd never made any money online at all. And, um, and, and I, I had my, I had an offline business at the time that I created a website. So like that was my first entree into the online world was just kind of for that brick and mortar business, putting a website up. And so I thought, well, wow, you know, the offline business is kind of hard. And so I thought, well, maybe I can find a way to make, um, make money, like some extra money, additional income offline.
0: And you were working a full-time job at the time?
1: Um, yeah, actually, um, it's kind of an interesting story. I was actually a missionary, um, overseas and, uh, I had this like, I mean, I was kind of, I was a missionary, but I actually had a real estate business. Um, and then, so I was running this real estate business and, um, and it wasn't making any money because I was in a third world country where like (laughs) nobody could afford to buy real estate. It's kind of a crazy thing. I could tell you all kinds of stories about that, but, um, but yeah, that's what I, yeah. So actually I, you know, I needed a little extra money at the time.
0: And so after the uh, the first purchase from Flipper, um, because I, I've been doing some some research and uh, we've been chatting on on Facebook, and I see on your LinkedIn that you say that you've now purchased over three hundred sites. So um, how did you? Yeah. So I mean, how did you get get going? What was uh, when did you purchase the next one? And how how does it scale so so quickly?
1: Yeah. Well, um, to be clear on that, and actually the number is like bigger than that actually, but it's not that many transactions. What I ended up doing is I had, um, several transactions where I bought networks of sites. So I I probably, probably had about 50, 55 transactions over the past six or seven years. But, um, I bought large groups of sites that were all making money kind of micro sites. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got my start with the new sites and I, um, I ran, that first one was profitable after, I mean, I got my money back after two and a half months, and then it was just um, gravy after that, and then I got aggressive with it, lost it in Google (laughs) about nine (laughs) months later, (laughs) Uh, they they decided you can't, apparently you can't write like eight articles a day all about iPhone when there is no new news, so... uh,
0: (laughs) So how how are, how, are so, the, uh, how is the Google News site making money? You were just you was appearing Google News, you're getting traffic, and then you're getting AdSense clicks, or
1: yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, It's cool, monetized cool. by advertising. Yeah, and yeah. The great thing about news was you didn't need links or authority to get on page one because it's it's new. So yeah. It's news. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, so I I I learned the process. That was the valuable thing. And then I bought probably six to eight more news sites over the ensuing years. And then because I understood it pretty well at that point, I started building those sites as well. And, um, and that's kind of another principle is, uh, a lot of times if you're new to an area and, you know, you're trying to uncover a nugget, like a new process or, um, you know, methodology, then, you know, buying in is, is a really good thing. But after you get it, then you can actually start building sites yourself because you're, you know what? What you're buying isn't necessarily as valuable to you after you already know the inside scoop.
0: So after the the first website you purchased, did you purchase another one, or did you start to to build your own at that point?
1: Uh, I actually purchased um, another. I, I purchased several, but I in in parallel with that, I, start, I started building them as well.
0: And it was all around Google News, or did you start to to widen out uh, in, in the initial stages, or?
1: Um, in the initial stages, I, uh, I stuck with Google News probably the first year and a half, but um, but then uh, a couple of years later, I bought uh, an e-commerce site, which was a big failure. Uh, it was like a drop ship furniture website, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was going to be really good. I put a lot of energy into it. you know. I created a new business for it and so on, but um, in the like six to eight weeks after I bought it, one of the, the biggest supplier backed out. And um, so I yeah. said, okay, no problem. I found I found other suppliers, but the problem was all of the links and traffic were to those that supplier's product pages. And so just having uh, replacement products didn't help me with uh, losing the traffic.
0: Oh, uh, I see, okay you are uh, the, the, oh, okay so what the the actual suppliers name was in the url and uh or you, you couldn't change the the pages or
1: yeah that's that's exactly right i mean you know on these e-commerce sites especially like this one had 4500 products and um and, and it was oh, okay. lazy boy <laughs> wow
0: yes i know i understand yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah and so there people are searching for the actual product name and so you know you have a thousand products so yeah, it's re- really hard to That's repurpose rough, yeah. that traffic. Yeah. So yeah, e-commerce I did, I've done lead generation sites. Um, I've, uh, done a lot of content oriented websites and then um, Amazon review sites, uh, which is something that I'm into right now.
0: Yeah. Me, yeah. Me too. That's the, the direction that I'm going in into, or at least, you know, using, um, Amazon affiliate as a, a big part of, of monetization going forward for, for new sites. So yeah, so you've got a, a, hundreds of sites in your portfolio and you're always looking to, to purchase new ones. Will you ever be selling any of these? Do you, do you sell sites now and again or is it always to, to purchase purchase and to hold and, and cash flow and uh, keep adding the you know, additional income every month?
1: Well, I typically purchase with the idea of holding. However, I I don't do that in practice. I actually um, I I sell a lot of them off, and and I actually have consolidated my portfolio to, you know, less than a dozen sites. Well, I probably actually have more than that, but like a dozen ones that are actively. Oh, in, interesting. Okay. My main yeah. revenue stream. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've I sell them off and. Hmm. Um, and and I'm just trying to consolidate. You know, a lot of guys who are really successful in this business will put all of their heart, soul, and energy into a single business, and then maybe just have some symbiotic sites that they add on to that. You know, but uh, and and I've kind of evolved over time. So um, now I don't really advocate large portfolios unless they they actually have a lot of synergies. Across those sites. So, you know, teams that you can employ across doing the same kinds of activities Mm -hmm. and um, other, uh, you know, kinds of synergies like that.
0: Interesting. Uh, And uh, so, what are the, so apart from kind of team and process, what are the synergies or, or um, shared characteristics? Are you are you looking for? It's, so, if you've got a, a dozen or so, um, if you're to look to to purchase the next one, what do you, what is the, your kind of current filter? Is it a monetization? Is it a traffic source dominance? Um, uh, interested in uh, you know, what you're looking for going forward that that would kind of um, add value to to everything else?
1: Yeah, I mean that's an excellent question. I I think that all of us have some expertise and skills in certain areas. And so where, where you find that you can leverage your own knowledge is really important. And, um, and so when we look at sites to buy, if, if, you know, a lot of times, um, uh, ugly sites are sometimes better investments because you, you can make <laughs> bigger gains more quickly by fixing up a site that, you know, has very obvious problems, but still has traffic. Yeah. Um, so, I look at those kind of things so where where I know I can make quick improvements in monetization either just by I mean first of all, just by on site things like you know improving conversion rate, moving ads around on the page, uh adding additional monetization you know to you know it might be a pure Adsense site and then adding affiliate stuff to it or um you know capitalizing on an email list where people have collected emails, but it hasn't really done anything with them. Yeah. Just those kinds of tactics, um, are make it pretty easy to buy something. And it, and then even if you don't buy it at a, if, if you do buy it at a discount and you can do some things like that, then you can really, um, you know, crank up the income pretty fast. If you buy it at, you know, pretty much a market rate, and there's still opportunities to do some things like that, you can still increase the value of it in the first six weeks or so pretty easily.
0: How would you try and buy it Buy it at a discount? Would Do you mean going outside of the kind of the traditional marketplace route and dealing with people directly or, or um, outreaching to sites that you're interested in? What, what's your prices for for doing that, um, I've not heard anyone kind of speak in those terms before, which is which is really interesting. Which you, you would kind of hear in the normal, you know, investing world of, of buying uh, shares in companies at, at a discount. Um, that's kind of a new uh, way of looking at it, which which uh, uh, is interesting. So, how, what's your approach for, for finding sites that you can buy into, um, knowing that you are getting a, an amazing price, knowing that the site is is on sale or the uh, the current seller is is underpricing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in
1: general, when you buy from a broker, you're not getting it at a discount because brokers are familiar with, you know, what the the prices the market can bear. And so, I mean, with some exceptions, you're, you're not, you're going to be paying a typical multiple Mm -hmm. for the website from a broker. So, um, you don't go to brokers looking for discounts. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't get a good deal from a broker just based on strategically what you bring to the table. It might still be a good deal for you from a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if you go outside the broker community, um, like uh, Flippa, you know has a lot of garbage on it, and a lot of it is lower end, low quality stuff. But if you sift through it long enough, you can still find uh, discounted websites on Flippa uh, just takes more time and uh, and so if you have someone who can help you by looking at the listings and you give them criteria that can save your time. So that's one source. Another source is you mentioned Rhodium. you and I are members of the Rhodium community and a lot of uh, good guys in there buying and selling sites. So um, you know a lot of these guys um, do kind of like me. we, we have because we, we've been around the industry for a while, we get approached by people um, who have things to sell and, um, and some of these other guys do too. And so I, you know, we try to stay on each other's lists and, you know, get made aware of opportunities that way. And then the other thing is on, on Flippa itself, one reason to list something on Flippa, especially if it's like an, an unimportant site that you might own or something is you get some visibility on Flippa. And so people, Um, Hmm. kind of see your name and contact you outside of Flippa if they have a similar site to sell and they uh, they see that you've listed one like the one they're selling. I've had a number of sales that way. And then another way is where I've bought something from a seller, either a broker or on Flippa, and then they've come to me later with other sites they want to sell and they don't want to go through the process because selling a site is just it's laborious. I know you've done some of that, and um, you just lots of questions to answer and a long process to go through.
0: Interesting. Oh, so, <clears> um, so
1: people, you know, try to avoid that. So they
0: can. yeah, yeah. So, um, so if someone is listing on Flipper, it's a way of being contacted outside of it. Is that what you're saying? Or
1: well, like, for example, I might have done a deal with a seller on Flipper, yeah. and then later on they come to me you know, if they have other oh, sites so, to sell yeah. outside of Flippa. So they avoid the commission mm-hmm. and um, and then they also just avoid the hassle of having to answer questions from a lot of people who aren't actually that serious about buying anyway.
0: And how are you working out on, on, on places like Flippa that a, a site is that discount? Is it just, uh, uh, you know, a, a formula that you have that, that uh, you know, uh, works out um, the the level of uh, of cash flow or potential cash flow versus the, the price, or uh, is it more a bit more sophisticated than that? And do you have uh, like a, a team member or a VA or a process that um, that you run uh, daily or weekly that looks at that?
1: Well, there's there's a process, and uh, you know I'm not sure if you're aware, but I actually wrote a book called The Website Investor, but I have a valuation process in that book. But um, typically, there's a company called Centurica that mm-hmm. publishes an annual report. And and they have uh, multiples that are, you know, for the prior year based on some hard data that they collect. And those multiples, depending on um, methodology, like business model, they range in the 2x to 3x annual net income, generally. So, um, you know, SaaS businesses are on the top end of that range and, um, and e-commerce is kind of lower in that range just because there's more physical work to do and so on. Um, so, but anywhere in that range is kind of what I would consider the normal marketplace. So when I use the phrase buying at a discount, what I mean is, um, doing a little better than those, uh, typical multiples. And of course, you know, the valuation process is more, detailed than that. I mean, essentially, I I have kind of a risk based valuation model where I try to determine the stability of the existing income first. Yeah. And if it seems stable, if it's been around for a while, if it's, you know, recurring revenue streams give you more flexibility and stability. And so those kinds of um, revenue and traffic sources, if you know, if it's a highly stable, predictable Um, revenue stream, then I consider that uh, more valuable and I'm I'm willing to pay a higher price for a site like that. Um, And then I'm higher risk sites that are younger or have more volatile traffic sources. Um, Those kind of things I would say are are more risk and I pay a lower multiple for those.
0: So the the discount that you can get is that more people... Um, are less experienced and are pricing it incorrectly? Or is it the fact that you can go back to them and you can say, I- I've analyzed, uh, you know, the, the finances and-, and, the- and the market, and I believe that um, uh, it- well, I'm not able to-, to pay that much and, and you offer a, a lower amount. Um, what is the best best way of getting a-, a site at a discount? Is it seeing someone who's priced it incorrectly and snapping it up or making uh, a lower offer? What, what is the-, the kind of the-, the more common route that you take?
1: Well, certainly if people are inexperienced and don't really know the value. I mean, I I don't advocate cheating people um, You know taking advantage of people, but I think that if if they have less experience about what the market will bear then Certainly um, you can get it lower from those kinds of people. So you would always do that if that's happens I mean that's becoming more rare as people are more educated. Yeah, but But the other thing is um, there are advantages to private sales. I mean they can get their money you know, I usually have cash and if somebody approaches me privately, <clears throat> we can do a deal in a matter of hours. Um, <clears throat> and and so they avoid, you know, it, it's much faster for them. They can get cash. Um, <clears throat> it's more of a sure thing. So, you know, there's some value add you can give yeah. um, in you, exchange for you, a lower price.
0: Do you normally use escrow or is it just a direct payment or a PayPal payment what, what's uh, if you're doing it? outside of the brokerage and, and and outside of flipper uh what's the, the the typical way that you would that you would purchase
1: um i you know for lower dollar i mean i use escrow.com regardless um and you know they they charge a very reasonable fee yep and so we use escrow.com to protect both parties um but um for kind of the the lower end deals like you know less than $10,000 or so I don't, we don't even do a contract we just use escrow and that provides some layer of protection and then for um, lo- for higher-end deals then typically we would do the a typical asset purchase agreement mm-hmm. um, and um, we would uh, we would still use escrow when we actually move the money and transfer the assets but we would also have the agreement in place just in case things got messy for some reason.
0: And that asset purchase agreement is that a document that, that you've uh, created and uh, improved over time. Uh, did you get that drawn up yourself? Um, I, you know,
1: I don't even remember where I got the original text for the ones that I use, but I've picked it up either from, uh, from other people's lawyers, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how kosher that is, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've kind of, picked it up and then modified it, you know, when, when necessary for new deals.
0: Very cool. So, um, so what's your, 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 uh, aim over the next three, five years or so? Um, are you looking to, uh, continually, continually add to your portfolio and double the size or triple the size, or do you have an end point in mind and, and kind of how long do you think you'll be holding these, these online assets for, um, going, going forward? Well,
1: I'm kind of in the trading up mode. As I mentioned, I sold off a lot of my sites and then I'm looking for, you know, as I have more experience with different kinds of models, I'm, I, you know, I'm gravitating towards things that I know more about and that are easier for me to run. So um, I'm kind of moving towards larger businesses that I know I can automate and don't don't require a lot of um, direct interaction with customers.
0: So you, so you 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 uh, you'll be looking to to purchase a larger uh, purchase larger and larger deals going forward.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like uh, I'll continue to consolidate the websites that I have, mm-hmm. and then you know when appropriate sell those. I mean, there's some that I may never sell, even though they're not that big, just because they sit out there very very passively and just generate income. So I have no good reason to ever sell those, unless I, I had to have cash for some reason.
0: And what are the reasons uh, for selling the ones that you you do end up selling?
1: Yeah. Good question. I mean, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons, like sometimes I get into software businesses, they seem really cool. Uh, (laughs) but then like all these people who buy software, they want it to work. (laughs) So then you end up, that means you have to fix it if it breaks. And that means that if they can't get it installed on their system or whatever that, you know, somebody has to help them. And even, even if it's not a problem with the software. So, you know, that's just, An isolated example of um, something that looks really tempting because the margins look high and sometimes there's recurring revenue or whatever. But then when you actually get into it, um, you know, there's a lot of ongoing work and customer relationship that, um, you know, management that goes on with that. So, yeah. um, so I'm still tempted by those sites, but uh, I I try not to buy them anymore. But and then we I'll, I occasionally will still buy one, but then I'll think, dang, now I remember why I don't like these sites when I start getting these emails.
0: And how involved are you with your portfolio sites? Are you trying to be less and less involved as an owner going forward, or do you, are you enjoying being part of the business?
1: I, you know, I actually enjoy uh, working in the sites, and you know, find in learning about new th- techniques that I have never employed myself before and turning those on. So I, I, I love yes. doing my work actually. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and I get really, you know, I kind of, uh, get anxious when I'm not working, you know, like <laughs> <so> <laughs> I, I actually kind of enjoy it, but I, um, but I like to do the work that I like to do. You know, there's certain kinds of work that you get the email come through and then you think, Oh man. Um, Yep. I'd rather, I have to answer it, but I don't really care to.
0: All right. No, this is not the end of the episode. We have our first sponsor. This episode is sponsored by FunnelEngine.com. Does your website even convert, bro? You need to make more money from existing traffic by claiming your free sales funnel templates and copy scripts at FunnelEngine.com. There are nine free marketing and sales funnel templates available opt-in funnels, e-commerce funnels, high-ticket client funnels. Go and grab the free templates and upgrade your website today. Thanks to Funnel Engine for sponsoring this episode. Do you invest in more traditional assets outside of of web properties?
1: Uh, You know, um, I almost bought into a compressed natural gas filling station, just like... Uh, about three months ago, uh, and uh, which would have been very radically different than what I've been doing, you know yeah. because it's it's all fixed assets and so on. Um so actually, up to this point, I have not been doing any of that. I mean, I you know I still own stocks and mutual funds and so on. But outside of that, I haven't actually bought into any brick and mortar businesses recently.
0: And do you think that will change going going forward? Maybe maybe in like a decade from now, do you think uh, you, you know your money will be redirected to more traditional, more passive um, assets versus owning and and uh, having to make decisions in in these online businesses? Because for for me over the next kind of f- f- what I'm trying to do is uh, you know s- uh, build up a two or three uh, good sized sites and and s- and sell them off um, over the next. Uh, a couple of years and um and then have that capital and, and start investing that in uh, more traditional places or places that at least don't require um my uh kind of in- involvement as 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 an owner um so you know uh, you know public companies or uh, real estate investments or or, or uh, anything that is uh completely passive because we, with online businesses um, you could take the, a similar approach, but most people that I'm talking with are always involved at some point or are always thinking about it or ultimately always have to make a decision. Uh, and I kind of want to get away from that if I if I can. Um, and uh, I'm interested in kind of making the transition to more of a traditional investor rather than a business owner. Uh, so my intention with, with these businesses is to uh, build and sell, take that capital and then um, spend my days kind of Warren Buffett style allocating that capital rather than uh, being involved in, uh, in in online spaces that require my my attention. So I'm wondering if you're thinking similarly or if you, you know, 10 years or 20 years time from now, uh, whether you think you'll be doing uh, very similar to, to your current life.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, that's great. I, there are excellent reasons to go along that path. And, you know, two of them are number one, um, the kinds of investments that you mentioned are pretty passive. Uh, it's just a matter of making the right ones. And then secondly, if that puts you in a place where you enjoy that activity, you know, being the Warren Buffett (laughs) and being uh, more of a, a deal maker than an operator, then yeah, more power to you, you know, do what you what you enjoy doing, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think, and I I do enjoy deals. I absolutely enjoy deals, and um and so I could see myself moving more into a deal maker role when yeah. I have uh, sufficient I, I capital. Guess,
0: I guess for me, it just doesn't really feel real until you you sell and exit and actually have the cash in your bank account, because you know these online assets, they're not um, at least in terms of UK and, and traditional. Uh, accounting, uh, you know, I've got just a UK limited company, and you know, my my balance sheet has nothing on it. You know, these 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 web assets are not something that can be um, capitalized. They they can't be put in a balance sheet. They they're not really valued or real until you sell them. And, and I kind of feel, um, you know, even though you could have uh, on paper portfolio of, or say, you know, significant value, seven figure kind of portfolio, I don't really. It doesn't. It wouldn't really feel real until I actually had that in cash. Uh, that I could then kind of allocate into places that are considered real assets. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it's this <laughs> online space, is it, a virtual space and it doesn't really feel real to me. I don't think I'd ever be uh, comfortable um, w- until I kind of have a, a large amount of capital outside of that space. And then I'll, I'll have fun and I'll play and I'll, I'll make some bigger moves or bolder moves. But for now, it's a it's a way to kind of get real wealth. It doesn't really feel real until i end up selling
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's interesting it it is a mindset shift i mean to to kind of think in these online terms and guess what i mean the online assets they they are not as permanent Mm -hmm. clearly i mean even if you accounted for them differently and and sometimes you know here, the IRS wants you to call them real assets and depreciate them over time, depending on how you buy it. But How can you actually um, put he, them
0: on, your, on a balance sheet in the, in, in the U.S.?
1: Well, I mean, there's different, you know, I'm not an expert at this, but there's different categorizations. Like a, a lot, if it's considered intellectual property, mm-hmm. then it is actually supposed to be depreciated over 15 years.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I got to look le- into this, yeah.
1: Yeah, there are other categorizations, like you can call it software, which is an asset that'll be depreciated over three years. And then in uh-huh. the US, there's this provision for kind of WordPress sites that can be actually expensed in the same year up to like 25,000. But so there, there's different ways to handle taxation of it and accounting of it. But I think uh-huh. that the mindset is really what you're getting at about, you know, is it, is it real? And obviously, you know, when when they're generating, they generate um, some real cash, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but real see, cash. Yeah. That that definitely helps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you know, things can change. You know, everything that we buy, it's very very hard to have an online business that isn't subject to Google, Amazon, mm-hmm. eBay, Facebook. You know, all the rest. It's it's almost impossible not to be at their mercy to some extent. Um, so we're, we're always having to make adjustments when their policy changes and competitive changes, even device changes, you know, things mm-hmm. have moved to mobile in the last five years and all of these kinds of things. So yeah, it's not, it doesn't give you a, a peaceful, easy feeling, no, you know, but some, then
0: you, you know, they, they generate five, six times the, the return of, you know, putting in index funds. So, um, the, yeah. there obviously is, is, is that, uh, the, the risk yeah. reward reward is uh, is definitely um, favourable, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting one. Uh, uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel in a couple of years' time and uh, uh, where my thinking is going to go. But it's part of the reason why I'm, I'm having this podcast and talking to people um, about it and how do these kind of websites that we're able to build and turn into assets? How how do they fit in with more traditional uh, normal <laughs> asset? Uh, uh, you know, places to to allocate your your money. So, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting space that we're playing in. It's all very new.
1: Yeah, it it is. And yet, you know, as you mentioned, some of these principles really you know like they they apply across the board to any business, whether it's online or offline. And as you mentioned, kind of the the uh, risk returns. Um, paradigm, that's more or less a law of physics. It doesn't apply (laughs) just to online or offline. And other things don't either, you know, the level of passivity, ultimately the valuation of businesses, um, you know, is pretty similar offline and online. Um, and so I, I think you can't, you know, a lot of particularly younger guys are, you know, they feel like there's something more magical about online than offline. And, you know, and it is new and it's exciting, and, and I love that's that's where I live too. But yeah, um, but I also realize that they you know, at the end of the day, the things that actually matter, what you know, cash flow, return, mm-hmm. risk, all of those things are business is business. It doesn't matter if it's online or offline.
0: Yeah, very cool. And uh, you've created your own uh, course, the on the web course that you've uh, developed and helps people to uh, to get into. Uh, purchasing the, these businesses, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, the course is available at ownoptimize.com or at website, website-investors.com, website-investors.com. Um, and it's a video course, and I just you know talk people through the, the basically the methodology that I use, where I find sites to buy, how I evaluate them, how I value them, put a price on them. And the transaction and then, you know, um, what to do after you become the owner. So that's that's one thing I do. I also coach clients. And my course and my coaching are not my primary endeavor. You know, I, um, I make my money almost well, – mm-hmm. well, actually, I, th- I think I looked at my last 12 months and I had made like 7% of my income or something was from my course and yeah. consulting. So it's a small part of what I do. But I love doing it just because – there's probably more gratification from that seven percent of income than there is from, you know, other parts of it. So, it's very a lot of fun.
0: very very cool. I mean, it's it's kind of like the the value uh, investing approach for for the online world. <laughs> how to how to find value? Because as you say, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. The the brokerages that they're, they're going to know how to price, you know, uh, you know, pretty efficiently or, or in, in a kind of normal way. But um, the real opportunity is to, is to find. Um, these online sites that you can get at great prices and then bring your expertise and uh and have a, a huge impact um, in terms of the the income that they can produce versus the amount that you paid for so that's interesting i'm, I'm going to i mean i've I've always been coming from a, a building background um but i'm going to be uh taking a look at this myself <laughs> maybe maybe I'll start to dabble and buy some smaller sites uh through flipper and and see if i can uh flip them myself. Uh, obviously, the name of the podcast is Freedom Flipping and I'm not doing very much flipping at the moment, I'm just kind of building and selling. So, um, very interesting, I'm gonna take a look at this myself and, and see uh, see if I've got a, a knack at this. <laughs>
1: well, you know, be, all the skills that you have and, and they're considerable, I mean, you you know, as you evaluate things to buy, you know, you'll look at them with a very critical eye that most people won't have just because of what you understand about funnels and marketing and so on so that gives you a distinct advantage over many buyers yeah the... you you, 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 you I'm, I'm certain you would be able to find the potential insights that other people might not pick up on
0: the the main cons- concern i don't think is particularly well um justified is just not knowing the, the the true link profile or how those links have been um have been have been built that would be the, the kind of main concern because uh I, I I guess, it, I mean, you know, the, the vast majority of the sites that you're that you that you're looking at, that you're involved with, uh, with, I imagine, you know, 70% is all going to be coming from organic search. Is, is that true?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it is true that most of the sites that I look at, um, organic is a, a big piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and yeah, and you're right. And nowadays, though, there are you know there are pretty good tools. Um, I use ahrefs.com. Uh-huh. I use Moz a little bit, um, and of course, I, I try to get access to Google Analytics from the seller of sites. Yeah, and and if I can nowadays, um, Google Webmaster Tools is also um, available. You can make you can give someone access to that. Yeah. Um, kind of in a restricted format. So. Um, now there are a lot of these tools that are available, um, that can give you a lot more insight to what's going on behind the scenes. But of course, you know, you do need a, a little bit of process and education about what to look for.
0: Um, yeah, I just, uh, I would have a concern in terms of, of how the, some of the links met or the, the more important links that had been built. Maybe these people have relationships, maybe they'll, they'll swap the links after the site has, uh, has, uh, changed hands, but I guess, you know, that's what a, a good contract will, will cover, um, would, would that be, would that be correct? I'm completely inexperienced at, uh, on the, on the purchase side, but that's the, the only real concern that I have is how ethical, stable, the, the link profile and, and, uh, uh, you know, the influence of the buyer post-sale of the seller post-sale. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, um, uh,
1: y- you know, legally, it's it, it's it would be really hard to protect links. Um, just practically speaking, even even if you could find a way to document it in a contract. But
0: yeah.
1: Um, but there are indicators. Like I was walking through a site with a client recently, and we were looking at um, at Ahrefs that gives you a little history of when links were first detected. And so this particular site had um, a lot of links, but. Like I would say, eighty-five <laughs> percent of those links all just magically appeared within a three-month period. Um, so
0: yeah, that's, that's uh, very you know, like
1: point. yeah. So so just kind of looking at that little historical graph of when the links came on board um, gave us a clear signal that that those were artificially created in some way. Um, and then looking at what the links are, you know, where where they're from, obviously. Is another pretty good indicator. So, I mean, there there are sites you do, you don't have to be afraid of links in general. I mean, um, it, it, if sites have been around for a while, if if they've been adding, if links have come on gradually over time, and they look like they're pretty legitimate links, then you know you can have more confidence. But it's like anything else. There's a continuum of really bad spammy links that are going to hurt you to really good links, and and I and I wouldn't say I'm a total expert at assessing that but i i there are some indicators that i look for when i'm evaluating a site that give me either you know a neutral feeling or a positive feeling
0: very cool and that that kind of stuff is covered in the course that you have
1: yeah that's right actually Uh, i just recently added a module where i do kind of a over-the-shoulder look at Hmm. uh, at analytics and then an over the shoulder look at the process I use to kind of to evaluate backlinks um so those, cool. those are two of my modules
0: very cool yeah. uh where's the best place for people to reach out to uh to you
1: uh ownoptimize.com is good there's a contact form there
0: uh ownoptimize with with the z i take it
1: uh uh that's right yeah yeah
0: very cool i'll take i'll take a look and uh it's been uh, really great to, to talk with you. I think you're the, the most kind of experienced buyer <laughs> uh, and holder of, of sites that, that I've spoken with. Um, so, yeah, very interesting to, to see from, from a completely different perspective to, to what I'm currently doing. Um,
1: very cool. Yeah, Richard. Well,
0: um, yeah, it was great to talk to
1: you as well, and uh, look forward to talking to you more because uh, I know you've got. You know, I didn't get a chance to ask you all the questions you asked me. But oh, I, I mean, you have, we,
0: uh, uh, if you've got any right now, go. Feel free. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, one one of the things I came across your name in was uh, a site that generated leads and created marketing funnels for people. And to what degree are are you uh, implementing? you know, auto-responders auto and using direct email kinds of marketing versus just relying on organic for those niches.
0: In terms of, of traffic source, I mean, the, the, the vast majority is still going to be organic search. So that mm-hmm. is like the one uh, source that I understand uh, the, the best. Um, mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's all going to be about um, understanding how to best structure the site. Uh, to to pass the you know the the, the link equity around, um, I think a big part of it comes down to to really planning the the new site structure well, um, and having hub pages and uh, and spoke pages off those and and creating kind of these resource guides that will be able to get a lot more uh, natural links, um, and then you know each of these you know every single piece of content will be fed into. Um, a funnel, uh, you know, like a front-end opt-in funnel, whether it's a content upgrade or um, some relevant offer for that for that category, uh, and then to start with, it will just be you know one main order responder. But then, as it gets more complex, um, you know, start to segment and, and and create other other email funnels. But yeah, I mean, nothing nothing super complex. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the the business is going to be all about um you know sending the the maximum number of people to the maximum number of offers uh and and so that's uh you know the funnel experience that that i bring and then just knowing the you know the right keywords and the right way of structuring the pages um so part of my strategy is to try and do this with as few links as possible and just optimize the hell out the pages uh and monetize the hell out of it so um yeah, that's 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 where my my kind of real skill set is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's excellent. And you know, um, I drilled down a little bit on that just because I mean, your your comment that you know you can make quite a bit of money or more than other people perhaps with less traffic. I think you know, I think lots of people would like to be able to to do that. And most of us, and me and myself included, I haven't been that successful with. Um, with my funnels I've been more successful with creating the right kinds of content and optimizing it from an SEO perspective so that I get more organic traffic but uh, quite honestly I need to improve in the area of um, retargeting that traffic that's visiting my site and capturing them into funnels so we'll have to compare notes
0: yeah sure, I mean it, it, it's uh, there is a lot to, to learning I spent a couple of years going really deep and, and learning everything I could about marketing funnels and sales funnels and the software and how best to set up. Um, but, I mean, essentially, it is you you create the, uh, you know, the best content to bring in the most number of people. Every piece of content um, will have an opt-in in, you know, in the sidebar, a pop-up, uh, call-to-action buttons within the post. Um, and that is designed to, to convert the, the maximum number of people to give their email. The next page um, should at least have... Um, I, I mean, ideally, the next page is going to be uh, an actual offer page so people can actually purchase something relevant there and then. Um, but if you don't want to be as aggressive, then, you know, like a social share page with just a, a link that they can click through to somewhere that they could purchase um, is, is the way. And then you've got them in, in the email funnel when you're just stacking offers in a way that leads people through and educates people to the point um, that they require or realize that they they require the the products that you're able to promote so um yeah as long as every every page is leading into an opt-in um i don't think you can really go go wrong you just need to try and keep it simple and, and not have too many moving parts
1: yeah i i think that's uh that's excellent advice for anyone is to just really limit what's going on on the page to those two things, either buy something from me or opt in and buy later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. Why provide any more choices than that?
0: Yeah, and then if people are not opting in, then the retargeting is to lead them to, uh, you know, a dedicated opt-in page, um, you know, relevant to the content that they've they've just consumed. So um, nothing more than that. I mean, it's not going to be any more complex than that. Um, It's just, yeah, being able to, uh, stack, or, or you know, all the different ways of, of monetizing in, in the way that results in in you know the highest uh, you know revenue per visitor or earning per click. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah. I wish you well. We'll have to stay in but touch I, on these things just I to mean, see I, how it goes.
0: I am going to be creating a course at some point on my personal site just because I, I'm literally I have nothing to sell. or <laughs> dot at the moment so I, I will be building out some kind of course but i am not sure what that is going to be about yet um but maybe <laughs> uh you know something around what, what we just discussed um because once you become an expert at something obviously you know if you're expert at, at, at purchasing these these uh you know undervalued or underpriced um uh, you know, sites that have big big upside um, and, you know, I'm completely inexperienced to that. And to you, it's very obvious. But to me, it's, it's, uh, it's not obvious at all. Uh, so in, in that respect, you know, I, I've spent years focused on funnels. And now it's just very, very simple to me. But uh, it's, it's kind of harder to explain why I think it, why it becomes simple. So mm-hmm. may, maybe some kind of course that leads people through. <clears throat> so at the end, it, it becomes simple would be, could be valuable to people.
1: <laughs> you, you know it's interesting anytime people are listening to a podcast or a webinar where you're trying to sell a course for example the question that's in their mind is you know if you are if, if you're making so much money doing this then why are you selling me a course you know why why bother to sell a course on trading stocks if you can you know make a million dollars trading stocks yeah and and I think there's a simple answer to that objection which is you know anytime Um, we develop expertise in an area, then that's an asset that we own. Mm -hmm. And if we are not leveraging that asset in different ways, then, you know, we're just being inefficient with how we've been blessed. And so, you know, I, I think for you to take your expertise that you've accumulated through hard experience and probably some mistakes, um, and then, you know, use your expertise in your own business, but then also sell it to other people. I think that's just, you know, that's just good business. That's, uh, leveraging our assets. So
0: for, for sure, uh, exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, it,
1: it's not a big mystery. It's it's not that our <laughs> system doesn't work and that's why we're just trying to sell it because it yeah. doesn't work, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if uh, I want to get to the point where, um, well, you know the the number of hours that, I, that I'm needing to put into uh, managing all this you know is, it gets massively reduced. My, my goal is to get my time back <laughs> you know minute by minute every day I, I want to uh, you know improve and automate and get better and uh, and and have money making me money that that is that is my goal um, so yeah I mean at some point it, it is going to be automated the money is going to be making the money uh, it's not going to be attached to my time uh so likewise i mean setting up a course um is exactly is exactly the same um because i wouldn't be using my time to make more money anyway <laughs> that that's the point that i want to get to is uh things are, are running uh, themselves uh you know the everything is going up and uh and, and my time is is my own and uh, yeah yeah i mean having a successful course um is is a great way of of, of adding to that and uh and, and helping you get to that that situation faster, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, good
0: You're stuff. Good. Great to talk to you, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely stay in touch. And uh, uh, yeah, the rodeo community is a is a great one. Great great to connect. A lot of people uh, coming on the show next uh, uh, are from that community. So. Uh, oh yeah, no thanks. no
1: shortage of re- really experienced people there. So yeah, that's incred- good, but...
0: incredible. So uh, yeah, thanks to Chris uh, for. Uh, connecting us
1: <laughs> yeah that's right yeah well and thank you for having me on today really enjoyed
0: our chat me too thanks jeff hey guys hope you enjoyed that episode the url is at richardpacey.com forward slash website investors if you haven't already asked to join i've got a private facebook group bootstrapping entrepreneurs it's a great community over 100 people now working on getting that to a thousand so uh head on in there and join the discussion of how to bootstrap your your online business. And also here's another call to action because I haven't been doing call to to actions on my homepage and uh, various exit pops and sidebars. You'll see I've got something called the Bootstrappers Vault, which is a free membership where I collate all of the best content for bootstrapping your business, whether that's freelancing or productized service or building authority sites. So you can grab a free membership at richardpatey.com. And yeah, while I'm at it, why not? If you could please leave a review on iTunes a uh, five-star rating and a review, that would really help me out. Uh, that's enough from me, and I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Cheers.